Hi, everybody. It's Busy from Busy Living Soba. Busy Living Soba. It's episode 188. Oh, and you got me solo today. It's like Busy's Living Sober solo during COVID-19. Episode 188. And feelings aren't facts. And these times are tough, 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 tough. And um, I put up an, a, um, a quote today on Instagram that made me think about life. And it's like, don't worry. And I'm going to paraphrase. It says, don't worry about life not being good today. It'll get better in the future. And it's so true. I mean, here we are. We're not going to live like this, I pray, forever, right? We all pray that this is not going to last forever. It's just going to be till it's supposed to be. But how do we live in these feelings that we're like, ah, crazy? At least, how do I do it? And how do I not encompass one bad thing and make it into the entire day being bad? I want to do, like, I'm going to feel something. And I know it's not great, but then I'm going to go on and try and have a better day. So that's what our goal is here. That's what I want to talk about today and getting out of ourselves. So how do I get out of myself and not ruin my day? Well, one of the things I do, hence I'm sitting here, is I paint like my birds. I have birds all around the house that I paint. So I paint birds. And when I'm painting, I'm not thinking. I needlepoint. And when I'm needlepointing, I'm not thinking. I go swimming. When I'm swimming, I'm not thinking. I go for a walk. When I'm walking, I don't think. It's making sure that we don't think. Because um, one of the things I think is really important is talking to somebody. And in 12-step programs, they say, go find someone to sponsor you. And you're like, okay, where am I going to go find a sponsor? That seems kind of intimidating. Like I'm going to walk up to a grown woman or I'm going to walk up to a grown man and I'm going to say, can you sponsor me? And then you don't even really know the person, right? And then you get involved into a relationship with that person that's supposed to be sponsoring you. And you actually, at the end of the day, after realizing you're getting to know them for a little while, you're like, hmm, this person really isn't for me. And what am I supposed to do? Fire them? And you're like, last I checked, they're not on my payroll. So how am I going to fire them if I'm not paying for them? And it's not firing. It's saying what you mean and not saying it mean. And that's something that I've had to learn, which is really, really, really hard, right? How do I say something mean and not say something that I mean and not say it mean? It's really, really, really tough. So I've just branched out on a couple different subjects here. COVID, feelings, sponsorship, all this stuff. So all I want to do is I want to dumb it down right now. So I'm going to dumb it down to here we are. We're like, I have a relationship with alcohol. Like for me, if you have a relationship like I had with alcohol and one wasn't enough, enough and neither was 47 because 47, I'd wake up and go, oh my God, what did I do last night? And going, okay, I need help. And what am I going to do when I need help? Well, when I need help, I've got to reach out to somebody, right? As much as, as hard as that is. And it's, it's hard to get honest with people. It's hard to be like, okay, I'm not okay. Saying to somebody, I'm not okay. And I think, especially during these times, it's like a lot of us are going through a lot, sitting in our houses, like for 24 hours a day for six months and looking at the same four walls is making a lot of us crazy, right? 
So, and then realizing, oh, I've been drinking too much or realizing that I've been in recovery for a long time and now here I am and all I'm thinking about is myself too. And that doesn't feel good. So here we all, all are meeting on the same plateau. We are all sitting in our homes, dealing with COVID, dealing with feelings and being like, this is just too much. I just, what am I going to do? So I gave you some ideas of how you can lose yourself and then finding somebody to talk to. It's, I, I don't know if the label sponsors so great all the time. There's also this thing called, um, a fellow traveler. I like that. I like that actually better than sponsorship, but finding somebody, whoever it is, if it's your mom, if it's your cousin, if it's your sister, if it's your brother, if it's your next door neighbor, if it's the lady you met in the grocery store, if it's the lady you play tennis with, it's the lady you see walking when you go walk your dog, whoever it is that you find that you have a relationship with, that you can be your authentic self, finding that relationship is really important because I think for myself, at least having someone that isn't going to judge me is so important because I judge myself so much, right? I judge myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, like look at my hair, look at how bad it looks or look at my painting. Isn't that bird kind of crazy looking? I shouldn't be painting. I shouldn't show anybody what I'm painting. But the reality is having somebody there that says, I love your paintings. They're happy. They're like you. They're kind of bouncy and funny and they're kind of like you. And I'm like, wow, okay. It's somebody who's like that. I don't want somebody that I'm going to say, here's your painting. And I don't, and the person's going to critique it and tell me what they don't like and what they do like, because that always ends up hurting my feelings. And as alcoholics, we are definitely more sensitive than most, right? We are sensitive people. I can speak for most of the people that I know that actually battle this disease, that they're sensitive. And so we don't want to open ourselves and be vulnerable to anyone. And so reaching out to help, find help with someone that you care about is important, right? It's important. I reached out, as I mentioned in past podcasts, I reached out to someone, a therapist that I'd never met before. And I was like, I need help because I'm in this head and it's driving me crazy. And I'm going spinning, 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 spinning. And so I called somebody that I'd never met before and I meet with her now regularly. And that feels comfortable to me too. It's like, well, I'm paying somebody to listen to me and I know that and maybe give me other suggestions, which works, right? Getting a coach, you know, I've coached people for years and it's been, it's definitely helped me. But if I coach other people, I need somebody to coach me too, right? I can't think that I'm going to be okay if I'm hearing everybody else's information and not reaching out for information myself. I need to do that. I need to do that. And finding like someone, if you decide to go to 12 step and you find a sponsor, it's like find somebody that you can tell everything to. You can't text somebody and say, this is how I'm feeling. Because at least for me, I obscure what someone's texted, right? So someone texts me something and I'm like, oh, look at what their text just said. It means this. I take like something that someone has said, they, their, them. No one texts like, I'm feeling this. Normally people text, hey, what's up? What does that mean? I could construe that what's up like, what's up? I don't want to talk to you. What's up? Uh, you're bugging me. What's up? I don't have time. What's up? Right? We can go back and forth and back and forth of what, uh, of what the what's up or what the text message actually means. 
I think it is so imperative to pick up a phone. A phone, a phone, a phone. Call someone. FaceTime, brilliant. Zoom, brilliant. There's many, many different resources out there. There's Skype. There's something called Webcom, I think. But reaching out to someone so you can hear their voice, see their eyes, have that feeling, that connection is so important. Text messaging is words. Social media, words. There are photographs. The photograph, I took a millisecond to take that photograph and whatever expression you see on someone's face in a social media post is not real, okay? It can be altered. The photo can get different things put on it, different um, filters. You know, it's not real. It's not real. It's not like literally picking up the phone and talking to somebody and saying, hey, what's up? How are you doing? I really want to know how you're doing. Not how you're kind of doing. I can't be honest with someone unless they're on the phone with me listening, right? We're listening. We're communicating back and forth. I say, how are you? The person then tells me, and then I say how I'm doing. You know, it's that we need that human contact. And right now with COVID, the human contact is happening on Zoom. It reminds me kind of of the Partridge family. I think it was the Partridge family. No, you know who else did it? It was um, the Brady Bunch. Remember they had the little squares and there was like Marsha, Greg, Peter, you know, Jan, Cindy. They were all in these. And then they had um, the mom and the dad and Alice, who cleaned, who was their housekeeper, they all had a little square. That's what I feel like Zoom is. We all have these little squares and we all talk from the square, but it does connect me. It makes, but one hour a day isn't always enough. Sometimes it is enough technology, but then I do need to pick up the phone and continue talking to someone. If I have to check in with somebody and say, hey, this is what's going on and how am I doing? I can't really, I mean, I guess I could put emojis to go with my feelings, but let's face it. I don't feel like the emojis really do whatever I'm feeling justice. Okay. A smiley face or the guy with the tears running down its face or the other laughing guy sideways, like all that does not give it justice. It does not make me feel like, oh my gosh, you know, oh, I feel better. No, it's like when I can tell someone when those thoughts that I talk about that race in my head, if I can tell somebody else those thoughts, I can say, this is what I'm feeling. Then it's left my brain, put on the other person, and I don't have to carry it anymore. It's like the hot potato, right? Like I'm holding the hot potato and I'm handing it to somebody else. And I'm like, here's all this crazy stuff I've been thinking about. I'm just going to tell you about it. And now I don't have to think about it anymore. And it totally works. It's crazy being open and being able to let the thoughts go and then have somebody else listen to what your thoughts are. And maybe sometimes I'll give you your opinion. They might ask you, do you want my opinion of what you just said? And you can say yes or no, that is your prerogative. But taking the time to have somebody listen to you and then be willing to listen to feedback is huge growth. It is for me at least, because I want if I hear somebody's opinion that I've asked to hear, it's, uh, it's, it's my ability to be vulnerable, right? I can be vulnerable when I hear what someone else's opinion is. Um, I can 
take criticism or, and I don't want to say this criticism because criticism is such a negative word. I can take people's input and say, oh, wow, that's what this person meant. And this is what this person's talking about. And this is how I heard it. And a lot of times when I'm having a conversation with somebody, I say, wait a minute, this is what I heard. Is this correct? And then they tell me, and then I'll tell them something that's happened to me because all I can do is share my experience, strength, and hope. And you might be like, what does that mean? Experience, strength, and hope. So I can only tell somebody, like if somebody tells me a story, for instance, that says, my kids just won't sit down. And I know it's, this is not happening right now because I don't think a lot of people have homework right now, but my kids were little and they'd be like, I have homework to do. And I'd be like, Oh my gosh, I have to sit there and deal with homework because my kids did not like to sit and do homework. And this person will tell me the story and get frustrated. And then they call me and they're like, what do you think I should do? My child doesn't want to do homework. And I'm like, well, this is what I tried that worked for me and what didn't work for me. But if I didn't call anybody to tell them that I was going crazy over this thing, then I just play that same tape over and over and over again in my head. It's like the dinner thing, right? The dinner thing is always a big thing for me. Like, what are we having for dinner? And now that we are living in this time where, yes, we can get takeout, but going to restaurants doesn't, at least for me, feel comfortable. I don't feel comfortable going to a restaurant. I'm looking at everybody and talk about judgment. I have the judgment. Who's wearing a mask? Who isn't wearing a mask? Did that person breathe on me wrong? Is that person getting six, six feet closer than they're supposed to because we're supposed to have social distancing? Are they getting too close? Are they over there? Are they staying over there where they're supposed to stay? Oh my gosh, if I have to go use the ladies room, who's going to be in there too? It's, I find it more exhausting. So I'm home. So what are we having for dinner? And it was like when my kids were growing up, it's like chicken surprise again. Um, I don't want to get frustrated over it. I want to have fun with it. And recognizing that I want to have fun with it. And if I talk to somebody and I say, oh my gosh, here it is. We're at dinner again. It's dinner. I have to make dinner. And they're like, really? This is what I made. And you're like, wow, you're making that. I've never made that before. How do you make it? And you get a recipe. By being available with other human beings and calling them on the phone, hearing them making the dinner, and they're like, oh, this is really hard. It's taking me five hours to make this meal. You might not want to jump into that, but if somebody's like, oh my gosh, I just made this meal and it took two minutes and I have everything I need just right here in my cupboard, they're like, sign me up. But when we don't like ourselves, we don't want to share with other people, right? When we aren't feeling good, when we feel sad, when we feel depressed, the last thing we want to do is pick up this phone. It's the last thing we want to do. We don't want to call anybody and say, you know what? I'm feeling like poop. I feel like all I do is think about myself. I don't want to call anybody and bring them down. I don't want to waste somebody's time. I don't want to wreck somebody's day. But a lot of times you're going to call somebody and the person on the other end is going to be so happy that you called because now they don't have to think about themselves. They get to think about you and they get to bring themselves to the table and be in a conversation with you that allows them to be of service to another human being. And you're like, of service, what does that mean? Well, like being able to listen to somebody is huge. Being able to take a deep breath. And listen to somebody. And listen 
for similarities because you're curious. Don't listen for a response that you're going to get. Don't pay attention just so that you can say something smarter to the person you're talking to. If you're present in the moment of the conversations, you can really hear someone. You can hear someone. You can hear if somebody feels joy. You can hear if somebody's hurting. You can hear if somebody just needs somebody to just listen and dump on. You know, I had a woman that helped me for a long time. I mean, I swear 10 years. She was in my life for 10 years. She's still in my life today. And uh, I used to call her and throw up on her. And you must be like, did she really throw up on her? I don't mean I literally threw a projectile vomited on her. I really let everything that was going on between these ears out of my head and in my mouth and just blew, spew it, spewed it everywhere. And, uh, and I remember just feeling so much better after I hung up the phone. <laughs> I don't know how great she felt, but I, I, I was like, wow, oh my gosh, I feel so much better now that I actually told you what's going on inside my head. And she would listen to me and I'd go on and on about this thing and that thing and this thing and that thing. And I think it would be like 20 minutes, maybe 15 minutes. And then she'd say, okay, now you're going to go make dinner. And I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm going to go make dinner now. Bye. And then I could get out of myself. But I think we all feel like that. that you know, they're saying right now that it's not just the COVID that's killing people. It's our mental health. Like us being stuck in our houses and not being able to talk and not being able to touch each other. I mean, I'm a toucher, I'm a feeler, and this sucks, I hate it. I have to tell you I hate it because I just want to hug everybody, that's how I normally am. And I'm like, I touch people on the side, I touch people's arms, I'm like, hello, that's me, I get in people's faces and now I can't do it. And it feels shitty. But what is the next best thing? Picking up the phone, calling someone, saying this is what's going on with me. If it's alcohol, that you are just like, I can't drink anymore. I hate myself. I wake up in the morning and I hate myself. Then you might need to call somebody that you can talk to about like, what do I do? If you don't know anybody sober, you can always write to me at busy at busylivingsober.com. And I promise I will write you back. But reaching out and talking to somebody about how you're feeling and saying, you know what, I just think my relationship with alcohol might have gone to a place I'm not comfortable with. What am I going to do about that? How can I change that? How can I change that relationship? Maybe I shouldn't drink for a little while and see how that feels. I know it is way harder to quit drinking than one would think. It's hard, especially if you live, if you're in a relationship with somebody that like the only thing you have in common is that you both like to drink. That's really hard. Um, if you live in a family, if your family's a bunch of big drinkers, that's really hard. And being by yourself and doing that by yourself. And that's how you've been getting through these pains and this fear that we're living through right now. It's tough. It is hard. It is hard. And people, somebody say to me, how did you do it? How did you have, like, uh, well, we'll talk about my anniversary in a couple of weeks because in a couple of weeks I'll have another big anniversary coming up. And um, people say, how did you do it? And I literally do it one day at a time. 
and I don't do anything perfectly about being sober besides not picking up a drink. I, um, I, I do a lot of things that are wrong. I have a big mouth and I sometimes don't know how to shut it. And when I was talking about, you know, the say something that you mean and not saying it mean has taken a long time. It's still with many years of not picking up a drink. I sometimes just want to say what I mean and I don't care if it's mean or nice. I'm just going to say it. And especially right now, because I have no filter. I've been sitting in the same house with my husband for six months. It's like, boom, love him to death, but it's kind of enough, enough alone time here we've had. And um, it's finding joy. How do you find joy when you live in this stuff? I got to reach out. I got to do things. I got to go get in my car. I got to go swimming. I got to go to the pool. Go to the golf course. Or just drive around. Just look at the trees. I swear. That makes me happy. Reaching out and calling somebody I haven't talked to in a really long time. Totally makes me happy. It's so nice to talk to people you haven't talked to because then you can at least get into something that's going on in their life that you hadn't talked to them in so long. You're like, wow, you've been up to this, you've been up to that. Oh my God, I haven't talked to you in so long. I'm so happy to hear it. So taking that time to do those things. If you have always wanted to paint, start painting. Order supplies. You can have them delivered from Amazon or you can go to the local paint store in your town, the art supply store, and you can order stuff and they will bring it out to your car and put it in your trunk. You could go to the needlepoint store. You can order stuff on eBay. You can, um, you can do, there's so many resources to keep your mind busy, but I truly do believe the phone is the most important thing and finding somebody that you can talk to and be honest with that's going to not judge you. You know, I was talking to somebody this morning and he was telling me that he has this friend that just doesn't want, this friend is just, this friend has not been a very good friend. That's all I'm going to say. The friend hasn't been a good friend. The friend keeps bringing up this embarrassing moment that happened many years ago to this friend of mine. And he's like, I asked her to stop bringing up the story because it hurts my feelings. It makes me feel shame. We all feel shame, right? Like as alcoholics and addicts, we are so into the shame. We all feel bad, right? We feel bad about our drinking anything to beat ourselves up. So she has this person, he reaches out to her, she asks him to stop bringing it up. He asks her to stop bringing it up. She can't stop bringing it up. So then the person, he decides that he's gonna set a boundary and say, you know what, I can't talk to you for a little bit. And then she feels bad. I feel mean because I didn't want to do that. Well, guess what? Setting a boundary is huge. Setting a boundary for yourself is huge. And when you come from crazy families, like a lot of us do, a lot of us come from crazy families. So if we have a crazy family and we want to talk to somebody who's crazy, we can call our mother, our father, our sibling. We can do one of those things. But to have a friend, somebody told me the wisest thing. She said, you want friends that are balcony people. I said, what does that mean? balcony person. She said, you know, friends that like bring you up, friends that applaud you, friends that make you feel good, that listen to you and don't put you down, friends that think your artwork's awesome, even if it isn't just that great, friends that say, I love you, friends that say you're doing a good job in COVID, even though it's really, really, really hard, Friends that say, oh my gosh, you're doing this. You're doing this. You didn't have a drink today. That's freaking awesome. Like one day is huge. One hour is huge. One minute's huge. You know, people that you 
bring you up and make you feel good rather than doubting yourself is who we need to surround ourselves with. And it's important to have a tribe that carries you, especially right now. You know, I, uh, people come in for a season and they read and people come into your life for a reason and they leave for a reason. They come in for a season, they leave for a reason. I've had a lot of people, a lot of, they say that you trim the fat. I had to trim fat of friends because it just wasn't working. I wasn't getting anything out of the relationship. And I was like, mm, gotta go. You know, one thing my mom said to me when I was a kid was that if you look, if when you die, you have five good friends, you're really lucky. And I, she's so right. So right, right on. Because we don't have 10 billion friends that love us and know us and can be our balcony people. We can have 10 million acquaintances, but real friends, mm -mm, not so many, not so many. And sometimes we need to trim the fat and it doesn't mean we're mean and we don't have to say it mean when it isn't working for us anymore. And we find that we're feeling worse after we talk to people then maybe we shouldn't talk to those people. Because falling in love with ourselves is the number one thing about getting sober. It's like we have to forgive ourselves for having this disease. Because society says we're a piece of shit and we're disgusting and horrible people. But that's not true. That is not true. We have a disease called alcoholism. Unfortunately, no one brings us casseroles. You know, people are kind of like, oh, my person's an alcoholic. It's like something like, I, I don't believe in that shame. I think that if you're sober today, give yourself a hand because this is huge. Getting through this pandemic without drinking is huge. You, you owe it to yourself. Like you are amazing. You have to know that it is amazing to take this time. And, uh, we don't need negative nillies in our life. If our family members are negative nillies, that's enough because they're our family. So we have to deal with them. But friends, no, you gotta be like awesome to be in my little friend group and like make me feel like at least be there to, I wanna listen to you and you can listen to me. And we bring each other up. We don't bring each other down. We're there to hold each other up and love each other, not bring each other down. So that's very important. And uh, I wanna end with this today. I ranted and raved by myself. I was on here all alone. I didn't bring anybody on. I was on here just busy by herself. And I want to tell you a couple things. One thing is I'm doing, I'm going to start asking this question to all of the people that I have, the guests that I have on Thursdays, you know, Thursday, I always have a guest and by the grace of God, these people write to me and want to come on. But my one question that I want to ask them and that I want to ask you is how do you stay busy living sober? What do you do? What do you do to stay busy living sober? What is it that you do? I'm gonna just show you a couple more things. Like I did this, I just love this. I painted this, so I painted this lemon. I did five of them. None of them are great, but they're okay. I like them. I spent my time doing them. You know, I did another one right here. I'm staying busy living sober, I'm painting. What is that? the ocean or something. I don't know. Does it matter? It keeps me busy. It keeps me out of thinking thoughts. It keeps me out of that yucky, 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 spinny thing in my head that spins these same things over and over again and nothing gets changed. So if my message is for you today, pick up the phone. Don't be alone. Find your balcony people. Find your balcony people. We're out there. 
find people that will listen and not judge you and love you. And get busy living sober, doing whatever you're doing. If it's going to be painting, if it's going to be making gourmet meals for your family, if it's doing laundry, if it's going running, if it's doing a Pilates class, doing a, you know, I do, I, you know, I have to tell you this. I also forgot one thing I'm busy living sober doing is I'm doing this yoga with Adrian, yoga with Adrian on YouTube. It's awesome. I go do her thing. That's fun. I do yoga and I don't do it well, but I'm by myself. And if my dogs don't like it, I guess they haven't really said anything. So that's what I've been doing. I'm getting busy living sober, painting, doing yoga online, meditating. You know, I'm getting out of here and I pick up the phone as much as I can. And I talk to people and I talk to people and I tell them how I'm feeling. So I don't have to feel alone because nobody should have to feel alone during these times. Now, if you're out there and you feel alone, please reach out to me at busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y, -Z at busy, B-U-S-Y, livingsober.com. You'll find the link in my little description. All right, until next time, everybody, you know what I'm going to say? Keep getting busy living sober. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. And follow me on Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel. I'm live on YouTube. Well, I'm not live on YouTube, but this is on YouTube as well. So you can see me and my artwork behind me if you're just listening to me on iTunes or Spotify or even on my website. All right, guys. Until next time, take care. Bye.